Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we are continuing Scary Movie Month in its proper form with a romp down memory lane, talking about 1990s arachnophobia. Dylan, do you have arachnophobia? I do not, but I do like spiders are creepy to me, but I, I can like, I can, I, I can fuck with them. Like I can kill them. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get like, ah! I have, um, if there was some big one, I'd probably like, get me the fuck away from this. Like the ones they have in Australia and shit. Ooh, I don't know if I could fuck with those. Let me tell you what the dynamic, uh, in this marriage on screen of like, Hey, let's get mom and kill the spiders is <laughs> I'm well accustomed to that. Cause my loving my my wife is australian and uh there have been some spiders that i've experienced that have fucked me up and she's like oh that's not even one of the big ones oh god (laughs) so she can handle spiders and i am a a baby that goes crying into my pillow because i (laughs) fear them so but i also won't kill them i'm like i also if like if they're a big one i want them away from me if they're a little one, I generally am like, oh, hey, spider, what's up? Because I kind of uh, take that spirit energy of like, oh, creativity, making webs, connections, you know. Well, if one is crawling on me, I got no problem. Uh, fair enough. If I'm yes. feeling attacked by an insect, I will instinctively kill that insect. I'm sorry, insect. That's, yes. a, that's a fact. Uh, before we talk about our other feelings towards arachnids, uh, arthropods, and uh, the like, should we talk about uh, movies instead? Yes, absolutely. What are you watching, fella? I went to the theater and saw four movies. Holy, in one day? I saw, I did a double feature for two of them, which will be the first two that I talk about. And then the other two I saw on two separate days. Right on. Uh, so first one was No Time to Die, new sure. James Bond. I joy- enjoyed it very much, a lot more than the last one. I did not care for the last one at all. Uh, this Wait, one, which one does- was the last one? Spectre. Spectre sucks, dude. Yeah. We did an episode on Spectre over on Filmography because we're doing Hoyta and... Um, he's the best part about that movie is maybe Uh, yeah anyways so good on you glad it's better yes it's much better the only thing about it that was weak was Rami Malek he wasn't that strong for me I gotta see this thing man because I feel like Rami Malek is sort of the nickelback of actors these days where you're just like you you have to hate Rami Malek if you want to participate in society you must agree that he is bad at acting and famous for no reason. Well, and like, I, not necessarily bad. He's fine. But, like, he's just not, like, I, I've never really watched anything with him where I thought, like, this fucking guy, this guy's got it. No, I, I mean, I like Mr. Robot, but I didn't bother to finish the series. That says more about me than it does that show, though, because I watched at least two or three seasons of it, you know. Um, and he's good in it. That shows a lot of fun. I think there, there's this thing where the physical transformation part, we're in like a backlash against it, right? And so 
because that became so central to Oscar wins and I don't know, the craft of acting. Now people are a little more like, nah, nah, nah. It doesn't matter if he looks exactly like the guy that, fuck that, who cares? And I think that's worth something. So, I, you know, did he deserve an Oscar for being Freddie Mercury? Probably not. But that wasn't his, a good movie. And his performance was just like an SNL sketch. It wasn't anything fancy. No, it's nothing fancy, but it's a little bit canny, right? It, he, not at the same level of like Jim Carrey, or sorry, <laughs> sorry uh, Jim Morrison and Val Kilmer is the comparison that I'm trying to draw. But no like, that. he really gives some energy, man. I, I think that's a performance that we might come back around to and be like, oh yeah, no, it's not as bad as we hate it to be. You know, I, I, I don't think it's Fair, that bad. That could possibly happen. That could possibly happen. But I will not rewatch that movie for a long time. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Uh, uh, so, and then the second movie of that day went and saw the new French film Teton. What is this? Oh, you haven't heard of this movie, man? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but movie. I like the energy. Lay it on me, brother. It's probably my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. Nice. Uh, um, I can't say too much about it because the trailer does not even give anything away. Uh, but like the uh, the best way to put it is a like a quote that they put in the trailer from a critic review. And it says, this is either the most fucked up movie ever made, dot, 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 or the sweetest movie ever made. And not joking the first half of this movie is a fucking fucking bat out of hell it starts you in quick and you're just like oh shit this movie's fucking crazy and then this second half of an hour and a half movie becomes this like super heartfelt nurturing movie mm -hmm. uh and uh, my mind was blown and meanwhile there's this whole supernatural element happening that i don't want to say because it's hidden so well from the trailers and just there are assholes that have been talking about it in reviews but it's so fucking good dude and it's a first time actor she is flawless in it the writer director julia something has only made one other movie i've seen and it was called raw oh thought, sure, sure yes so if you've seen raw this is like the next step up it is great Fucking i'm really fun. yeah i'm gonna put that at the top of my list because i'm you know i i'm curious about that inversion i think we're really used to seeing a lot of movies that start give us a half hour of slow you know low energy and then or sorry not a half hour but a first half of a movie maybe even 60 minutes you know and then the doors come flying off and it turns up to 11. So I'm really curious to see how that works where we start from that pitch and then land in a, a really soft kind of place. Interesting. Uh, super it's curious. Soft place, but also with like, it, it's a soft place, but it's dialed to 11 by the end because of something that is established in that first half that you almost kind of forget about mm -hmm. because this second half becomes a slightly different nurturing type of movie. And then the ending is about that thing that's happening from that first half. And it's just like, 
what the fuck, dude? Like, genuinely, I, I, it's so hard not to talk about without saying anything. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see it. Interesting. Yes. I mean, it sounds like, I, I don't want to project on the film, but it, it does sound like a parable on trauma the way that so many horror movies are, right? But in the fact that this thing's going to come back around, it's not over yet. You have to deal with what's going, what, what happened to you, right? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and more, and more. I, I, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, please don't. I'm really looking forward to watching it. What else did you see? Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, okay. How was it? much better than the last one okay i, I wasn't I was, a huge fan of the last one me either i liked certain things they did but also didn't care for a lot of it and um, um this one feels like a halloween movie like it's the atmosphere the setting there's fucking halloween lights everywhere the other one felt like too trying to be like an indie horror movie with halloween and try to add like humor to it and the humor just did not land for me like the uh, the thing from the first one that i was like that it's, it's a cool idea but it, to me didn't really work in the in that first one was that like one take of michael coming out uh going into the house killing the woman and it's all just one camera move like that's a cool idea in in thought but like it just didn't work for me in a halloween movie i need i needed more than that indie one take feel but uh this new one this new one feels so right there it's brutal there's so many good deaths and it's I it, this might be the biggest body count in any Halloween movie. It's massive, Damn. and uh, they do flashbacks to the seventies. And holy fuck, when they first cut into that part of the story, I thought we were rewatching seventies footage hmm. from the original movie, and they somehow implemented Donald Pleasant's uh, like footage that is not in the movie flawlessly into this one it tripped me out i'm like whoa where's this how did you guys get this footage what's going on uh, do you have an answer for that did they like i, I, did they I have think, extra footage did they recreate it is it i i haven't uh researched it i need to research what they did for that i just it blew my mind i thought it was so cool <laughs> fair enough yeah sounds cool um and yeah it's a fun one it, it's not a complete movie though it's ending is like is a little abrupt because it's directly setting up this third and final movie. Mm. And so I'm very curious about the next one. We'll see how we go. I'm not like a franchise loyalist, you know, to any of them. Uh, yeah, most of them are shit, but there's a few that I really like. Fair enough. I, I feel like Halloween is the one that I have the least attachment to. Ooh, I think that way for Friday the 13th. I The attachment that I have to Friday the 13th is sort of like the cultural iconography of it. You know, I think if you put a Jason mask next to a Michael Myers mask, more people are going to identify the Jason mask. No way. You don't think so? No, disagree because Halloween establishes that mask from the first movie. You don't get the Jason mask until part three. 
Right, but the mask is so iconic that people don't even like when they see the first few movies. It's like, wait, where's the mask? Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. when does that come in? So the fact that it didn't even come in till later, the thing that you're saying is evidence of the thing that I'm saying. You um, see? I don't know. I'm still going with Halloween here. We got to do the Pepsi Cola test, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> log on to the internet and vote with your computer. <laughs> uh, and the last one I watched, which was definitely the most disappointing one out of the four and had big hopes for it too, but it it just wasn't what I wanted, uh, was Lamb. What's Lamb? The new Icelandic film with Numi Rapace where okay. her and her husband live on this farm in the middle of Iceland. And uh, one of their sheep gives birth to a, uh, a, a baby, but with a lamb head. This is part of the... Uh old mcdonald universe right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's with the uh, pig the and just... the cow what was the cow one right sorry. sorry sorry uh, sorry 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 go ahead the um it, the trailer's so good it seems like oh there's like a great movie in there but the like story arcs they chose and it just seemed like bad writing that wasn't like fully explained not even necessarily needed to be explained but just a little more uh, i don't know it everything was so vague but at the same time not and <laughs> it like the first half takes so long to get to anything by the time you like the first moment of the movie establishes something that my mind just lingered on for this whole movie and you hear like this growling like this heavy breathing and some horses get scared and and like you see that for like two minutes you just hear this heavy breathing like go back to it one other time for a brief moment i'm like what the fuck is this voice i need to know what what's this growling i want to know what that is i'm you're lingering too long on this family and it's not interesting enough for me and when you get to what that was in the final five minutes of the movie it looks cool but it's not anything special it's not it's like a folkloric drama that's being mislabeled as a horror movie yeah it is I mean, not a horror movie by any means the the question that keeps coming back to my mind is the 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 sort of things that are missing and hitting you over the head feel very folkloric or sort of nursery rhyme you know Folklore no, is really the right term. And so there's that, things that, that I go with, though. Like the folklore part, I go with. That's cool. Be vague with that stuff. But like the drama between the husband, bro, uh, his brother, and the wife is just not done right. I see. Okay. It, it didn't, it fell flat. That's all it was. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, if I was uh, looking for a fairy tale and got a domestic drama, I would check out. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a parental, like a lot of parental themes, like taking care of something that's not yours and what the lengths you go to to be a good parent. Okay. I mean, yeah, Which rife with tension that's dramatically fertile. Yes, Absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, Teton is the way to go. Sounds like it. Really curious about that. Mm-hmm. Right on. How about you? What have you watched? Man, I've been watching classic horror. It's been a really fun October. Hell so yeah. I've been catching up on, because I've done a lot of the, the franchises like we're talking about. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I've done a lot of the sort of 2000s and, and even 90s horror just by virtue of having been alive at the time that I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going back, man. I'm watching old stuff and it's, it's been so, so much fun. So I got a bunch I kind of want to talk about, but I won't spend a ton of time on, on too many of them. Okay. So I'll kind of, I'll lump some together. So I've watched Theater of Blood. Uh-huh. Absolutely. House of Wax. The original or the 2000s one? The original. Uh, these are, yeah, these are all the OGs. Uh, all the OGs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, House on Haunted Hill love it so that's the first like kind of you know the vincent price arc man uh-huh. and because i was carrying over from our last conversation i would watch the what was the last man on earth and, and he's just like so fun and theater of blood in particular is a real great encapsulation of his energy where he can go from so campy to like so fucking scary uh-huh. but so damn silly and then uh, whatever. So I am just entertained by those movies. I also, I really like the original House of Wax. The way that that movie starts is, I was like, oh, damn, we're here already. That's rad. Um, I'm trying to think, how does the original one start? He has this visitor who's just a total dickhead to him and is like, your business model sucks. One fire and it's over. And he just sets the whole thing up and that's like it. So that's what kind of spurs him into rebuilding into the gotcha. uh, trapping the people and the blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> the audacity, man, was really, really delightful. Fun so, fact about the original House of Wax. Please that tell was me. the first film ever presented in 3D. Color 3D. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. 1953. Yeah, there's some crazy shots of some of those mannequins. Yeah, I could see those reaching out into the theater and being very, very alarming. I uh, watched the original Village of the Dam. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, I... Uh, I've never uh, seen that. Have you seen... I guess there's a... Like a... Uh, Carpenter did a remake in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it have... Um, uh, Reeves? Christopher Reeve? Maybe it does. I have not watched the remake, although I am kind of looking forward to checking it out. I'm pretty sure it's Christopher Reeve and Christy Alley. Hold on. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I, I think this was his like last movie. Yeah, it was his last movie before he got paralyzed. Huh. Yep. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that tracks. Yeah, I'm sure he's father or whatever. Daddy you know the the character's name is he's got the the jaw for it for sure it's you know the one of the fun things about watching these movies is seeing all of the archetypes crystallize and so the sort of like slow talking blonde kids in short pants thing is like oh yeah that's always creepy it's super cheesy here but it's fucking creepy and then I'm also currently living in the countryside of England. And so some of these little, like I 
just out of the corner of my eye was like oh have i been to that pub no 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 no, not that, not that one not that one <laughs> what town did they film in i would have to look you tell me let's see village of the damned 1960 right 1960 yeah, that's right 60 locations lechmore heath <laughs> Man, that could be anywhere in england mate i have I know, no idea sounds- uh was shot on location in the village of Letchmore Heath near Watford. Oh, uh, okay. Approximately so, 12 miles north of London. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not anywhere near me, but that makes a lot of sense because that's in the same direction as like Aylesbury and uh, Pinewood and, you know, all the studios are up there to the north, northwest. Ah. Yeah. So Creature from the Black Lagoon, not much to say there. Love it. I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. I do too. And I'm kind of like digging on movies that seem to exist because somebody had an underwater camera. You know, <laughs> like there's so much footage. And especially at that time, I, it must have been an incredible novelty to, to witness this thing, you know. But what's really impressive is the motherfucker in the suit Oops, actually swimming. swimming. Dude, nuts. <laughs> yeah, that thing looks so heavy. Can you imagine, dude? I I had a panic attack watching the movie, not for anything that the monsters or the people do, just like the thought of trying to film that and put it on my body and rise to the surface and breathe. Oh my God. Uh, I have the Creature from the Black Lagoon box set and it's got uh, all of them in it and highly recommend watching, I think it's three and... Clint Eastwood pops up as a scientist. It's like one of his early roles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I can't <laughs> wait. Watch Night of the Hunter. Love it. Great movie. Yeah, I didn't love it, but um, Robert Mitchum is super creepy. The the Stark, you know, it's I had flashbacks to film school and then watching it's, but the, it's the first time I ever watched the movie in total. It was like, Oh yeah, no, this is why they teach it in film school. And it, you sort of wonder how they got away with making something so upsetting at that time. And so quaint, it's that conflict of, you know, and home invasion stuff is always so goddamn upsetting. Uh-huh. And yeah, anyways, it's uh, really worth a watch, but, but like, just antiquated enough that it comes off as cheesy at moments you know what i mean or like i i think that's of the time too it's it like uh just we've gotten so accustomed to modern day filmmaking and what has become really good filmmaking that they were still like finding filmmaking in the 50s and yeah that that was like a boundary pushing movie so to they they definitely exceeded those boundaries too they went far beyond them people were shocked by that movie and i just i think the campiness just comes from the time yeah i mean absolutely it's it's a performative style it's a sort of filmmaking style you know it it is an, an anachronism um and certainly transgressive even if there are moments that cross into not full-on laughter for me, but certainly breaking the uh, suspension of disbelief, you know? 
there are plenty of moments in the movie where I'm just like, God damn, that's fucking creepy, you know, just really upsetting. Uh, Night of the Comet. I've not seen it. Buddy, it is a blast. Night of the Comet. I've yeah, it's it. like 84-ish. I don't know. I might have the year slightly wrong. No, it's 84. Decidedly 80s energy. It's so much goddamn fun. They're just like, yeah, the, the comet is passing close to Earth and it turns everybody to dust for some reasons. And we have to survive at a shopping mall, I think. But then there's scientists underground that are trying to save us. And I, it, if, you're I in, it. if you're into like, you know, uh, chopping mall and mm-hmm. uh, kind of schlock horror from the 80s, man, it's, you could do so much worse. It's a lot of fun. And a pretty good looking movie too. Smart. Yeah, I really that like of all of these, it would be the one that I would say go, go run, don't walk. Damn, it made a lot of money. It rules, dude. It's a blast. Do you know how much it was made for? Oh, let me guess. It in 1984, eight hundred and thirty-seven dollars. (laughs) <laughs> uh, realistically like it it feels like it was in the mill territory like one point less than five you know if they spent five million on it i would be shocked no they didn't even spend a million they yeah, spent eight hundred thousand yeah thousand made 14.4 million dude it's fun okay i gotta watch it yep if you're if you're uh having a halloween time with somebody who's like oh i don't like horror movies you know Give Perfect. that one a go. It's a blast. And then the last one that I'll talk about is Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Did you, uh, was it your first time seeing it? First time for me. I didn't even know this movie existed. Yes, that's a good one. That No one really talks about that one. It rules. Donald Pleasance, man. I mean, speaking of paranormal investigation stuff. Yes. Absolutely. I, uh, I was digging on it. Uh, I've been wanting to rewatch that and... Um, Mouth of Madness in the Mouth of Madness. Okay, I have never seen that one. I'm gonna have to give that a go. But the the cover art for that one is just like seared in my brain. There, these are a part of a Carpenter trilogy. It's the Thing, Prince of Darkness, and the Mouth of Mad- Madness. They're it's called like um, uh, the Apocalypse trilogy. Yeah, fair enough. I also rewatched the thing. We don't have to talk about it other than to say that that movie just always rules forever, every time. It was the first movie I saw on October 1st, 35 millimeter print at the New Beverly. Atta boy. It was nice. Gorgeous. That's kind of, yeah, what I have. Should we talk about scary spiders and how terrifying they are? Yes, let's do it. I want to start in 1990, which is the year that this movie is made. Uh Uh-huh. The most 80s movie we, we've ever done. I think this is a technicality that we're getting away with this one, man. Yeah, yeah. It feels like they shot it in 89. It feels like they shot it in 87. And like the B unit had to do reshoots on the creature effects for another year. And <laughs> then we started editing it. And then it came out in 1990. So anyways, it really has strong 80 energy. 
It does. Uh, but there's a lot of great stuff in this. Like that still holds up and looks good. I think it sort of like I, I was just saying about 50 50. Some of it looks incredible and is really upsetting. The pulsating oh. egg sack stuff is, oh my God. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but like, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. The spider flying on wire attacks, most of those are a little. That's fine. It's fine. You it's know. fine. And that's not really until like the last bit of the movie, too. That's later <laughs> on. Uh, but like, there's some like, really intricate stuff that they do with spider like like the placing of spiders and like uh, i'm i'm blanking on specific spots but like i'm like did they use a real spider or did they fucking cgi that somehow because just the placing of it on like a moving a moving piece and then it going on to something else i'm like you can't train a spider how the fuck did they get it to do that <laughs> I, I'm speculating, which is that it's a combination of live spiders and puppetry. Okay, right? that, that's yeah. Also, a spider is generally pretty small, and because of the way that we perceive like bug motion, just generally, if it skitters, it doesn't have to be super realistic. Yeah. So, and that's kind of one of the things that throws me a little bit is watching the spiders just like wiggle back and forth instead of actually crawling you know i'm not gonna hate on the movie for that it's it was 1990 and i love practical effects and a lot of them really do work pretty well absolutely and it, they save it for like they save everything big and for, until that last half really like you get a lot of kind of good interesting story the spider killing townspeople uh i don't know i liked all that it felt like a like a, a slasher movie in a way, like a mystery investigation, like trying to figure out who's killing these people. I fucking love that. Although as an audience, we know what it is, but there's, there's something fun about that. There is something fun about that. There's something tremendous about that, that this movie <laughs> I think gets wrong. And it's maybe the fatal flaw with the film is because uh, we know, right? We do know. And we know that there are experts that know and that there's a reason for this to be happening. And Dan, Jeff Daniels also, he doesn't know, but he has a pretty good idea. And so the tension of, is it Dr. Death or is it actually a killer spider is never really exploited in this film. Like what if there were just one or two scenes where Jeff Daniels is really losing his shit about like these mad spiders, these spiders are coming for all of us, you know, like tearing but his hair out just a little bit and people like one of them lands on him and he's like, can't you see? And it skitters off and he's just like, no, we don't. You're obviously the killer. That would be so much fun. Yeah. And this movie kind of tries to have it both ways because that investigation stuff is interesting, but the yeah. fact that we as an audience know it goes nowhere and the movie doesn't give us the stakes of does he have consequences? Uh -huh. Is he guilty of these? Or is it just like he's a bad doctor? Eh, go back to the city, you fucking... Uh, no, we know he's it. a good doctor. Right, and the townspeople see, you know, it, it's a lot of screenwriting fixes to make uh -huh. this thing glide along and it, it does mostly but if you kind of give it 
just a, a bit of a squint, I think it really falls apart. <laughs> that's that's a fair assessment. I, I definitely, I hear what you're saying. That being but, said, I really enjoyed the movie, yes, though. I had a lot of fun with how it. fun this movie is. It really is. But and I think it needs, the one thing I think it needs more of John Goodman. Goodman. Yes. <laughs> I wrote it down. Guess, Dylan, guess. What is the timestamp when John Goodman enters this film? Oh, probably 25 minutes. 48, bro. 48 minutes and change. <laughs> oh, shit. He also only has two scenes until yeah. that kind of last sequence. So given the last sequence, he's got three scenes in this movie. He's really, and he's, I mean, he kills him. He's John Goodman. They're great. Oh, the movie like perks up and comes to life. But in the tradition of this conversation, I think the first half is not fatally flawed, but every time I watch this movie, I am surprised again at how long we spend in the jungle. Yeah, you're there two, for Dylan. How long do we spend in the jungle? Solidly 15 minutes. 17 minutes. That was a really 17 good guess. minutes. Yeah, okay. it's long as fuck. It's <laughs> really, really long, man. And I like it. It's good. But it's yeah, like you really just that opening scene to set up the scientist and the the, the body going home. But like they do spend 17 minutes there. That's yeah. nuts. And there's like a whole subplot with the cameraman who is sick with a fever that uh, is unexplained. Yeah. So, but that's maybe to cloudy. This is the thing is like, oh, he had a fever. So we don't know that it's a spider bite that killed him. Right. So that's why it can just go on along and it works. It does. They're all, it just is like a lot of solves and not a ton of story. You know what I mean? And so it's like, this is the first time that I've ever thought of it as being a Jaws ripoff, but the fact that it's doing like, oh, I'm afraid of spiders and I have to take down the spiders at the end of the thing and the townsfolk don't believe me that it's spiders. We got to close the beach. Spielberg didn't produce this movie. Well, and uh, Marshall, right? It's uh, Frank Marshall. Yeah, Entertainment. Yeah. (laughs) And can we just talk about Congo instead? Is that not appropriate for this? I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. That's a 90s movie, man. Next week, uh, Made in the 90s. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I was just in the town they shot this in, actually. Uh, Cambria. It's uh, up the one just outside of San Luis Obispo. It's kind of where Sarah and I usually stop to get gas coming back from Big Sur. It's about that. <laughs> yeah. Is it, uh, are you stopping at the one across from the vineyard with the like, oh, we go to the shell station in the town. Like, oh. it's right off of the one. You're played, dude. If you go a little further north, there's a vineyard with like a little shack kind of restaurant and uh, it totally rules. But there's a gas station right across from it. But the only thing is that it's like Reggie's gas station and uh, uh fishery you know you just sure yeah <laughs> uh <So>, sorry <laughs> no 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 uh, everyone go to cambria <laughs> everyone go and go to san luis obispo it's a great yeah. 
Um, let's see what uh, what else about this movie? Despite being billed top billed, Jeff Daniels does not appear on screen until twenty minutes into the film. This is what I'm saying, man. There, it the first half is a little crazy. The second half is a lot crazy. It feels a little. I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit. It never feels disjointed. You know what I mean? It's only when I'm looking back at this thing and going, wait, what just happened to me? That uh-huh. I'm, I'm like <laughs> seeing the seams, you know? But I'm, I'm just floating along on the ride through really all of it. Yeah, and it, it, it lands some like great humor too. Like it, it does what B movies could do really well. Have fun with your horror movie and still have like some great genuine chills and some not it doesn't really have like scares to me. It's more it's chilling and like oh it's gross. That's yeah. the level that it gets me at is just like I'm just like grossed out by this movie. I oh man, the uh, yeah. yeah. Don't like but I'm also a guy who legitimately this is a true story. I was in the theater for King Kong, the Peter Jackson 2005 one. And I had to leave the theater during the like crevasse full of giant bugs. I hope that I die swiftly if that ever happens to me, that I like hit my head on the way down and I don't ever have to see the giant bugs. That is the worst. Oh my God. Oh, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Very revealing here. <laughs> They're horrible, Dylan. <laughs> but you didn't leave the theater for Shelob in Return of the King. Uh, no, no. That, is that the giant spider? Yeah. No, no, no. I did not. Well, that's good because Lord of the Rings is way better than King Kong. Although I do enjoy his King Kong. I like his King Kong also. I think it's fine. Like it, it's really cool. It also has like a crazy good in-depth manky dove that just man goes into so much detail. Same with all the Lord of the Rings, like just the most in-depth detailed making ofs. And I love that. I that's what made me want to become a filmmaker as a kid, seeing all those special features on VHSs and DVDs and shit. There's, I have this memory that I will never be able to land, although I, I think what doesn't, I'm not going to go too far into detail of it, but watching a making of special on broadcast television, like a half hour TV show on Sunday evening, and they were showing a special effects sequence, and it was just like, you know, it is lodged in my brain very, very deeply. It's a part of who I am. Yeah, Same. that stuff really, and like the, when the Star Wars special edition do you remember when the vhs came out the special edition vhs came out and there was the silver box and the gold box Uh right it was the special edition and the regular edition i had both of them because each one had four vhs's and the fourth vhs was two different documentaries yeah yeah yeah. the making of on one of them i forget which is like one of the best making of documentaries ever and i just would watch it over and over and over how can i ah the good times as a kid good times hey dylan speaking of good times do you want to play some games yes yes would you like to play a game how does it go i don't like the songs i'm going to play a game do you want to play a game do you want to play a game we're gonna play some trivia dylan are you ready okay i'm ready okay 
uh, fair credit, this first game and really all of it is uh, inspired by Doug Loves Movies. But this is an original riff on some classics. So how did you feel about the sheriff in this movie? Oh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, I know him from uh, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Yes, you do. His name is Stuart Pankin. Yes, Stuart Pankin. Yeah, I'm sure I've, I've seen him in other stuff too, but he plays a good asshole cop. So He's in Congo. He's in Congo. That's right. You've named two movies that are not going to help you in the future. We're going to play a game called... Wait, hang on. Now I have to read it. Stuart Pankin, Mandy Patinkin, or both. So I'm going <laughs> to name a movie, and all you, you have to do, you, sir, with these titles, <laughs> is tell me whether that movie featured the talents of Stuart Pankin, Mandy Patinkin, or both. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah, I have no idea how. I'm going to do on this. I think I'm going to do terrible. Let's find out. Have you ever seen Life with Mikey? No. Michael J. Fox is like a child yeah, talent yeah, agent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I've never seen it. Though. I can see the cover, but I've Whoa. never watched it. <laughs> Blind guess, I guess. Go. Do it. Who's in it? Oh, do yeah. I just say who's in it? I mean, it's. I'm challenging you to answer these trivia questions right now. Is it Stuart, Pankin, Mandy Patinkin, or both? Um, man, I am truly gonna just guess here, and just I, j purely because I want to have fun with it. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mandy Patinkin. Damn it! <laughs> he plays irate man. Uh, not even a main character. Mandy Patinkin's had such an interesting career, right? Because he's in one of the most iconic movies of all time. He has one of the most iconic lines of all time. And uh -huh. then also just sort of became a, a bit actor. And then, you know, I mean, obviously is like character actor kind of legend status now and does a lot of TV. But his post-Princess Bride years were a little strange. Anyways, have you ever not seen... Really until, not really until Homeland did people start talking about him again. Fair enough. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a movie called Night of the Juggler? Nope. Well, James Brolin is in it, and so is Dan Hedaya, along with Stuart Pank and Mandy Patinkin are both. Stuart. Mandy. Fuck, Mandy! <laughs> yep. Okay, what about Fatal Attraction? Fatal Attraction, I'm going to have to say... Is Fatal Attraction the one uh, Michael Douglas, uh, Glenn Close? That's right. Ooh, I'm going to say Stuart. You nailed it! Ding, ding, ding! Yay! Dylan, what's that? Is that a 90s movie? That's like late 80s. 87. Yeah, 87 oh. for that one. Have you ever heard of the Dirt Bite Kid? No, but I feel like I need to. <laughs> yeah, it's the other movie that Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Carol made. It's uh -huh. he, he finds a magic bike. Who do you think is in that movie? Mandy. Stewart. Damn it! 
What about striptease? Demi Moore. Stewart. Stewart. Ding, ding, ding. Stewart. Yeah, baby. I remember. I remember striptease. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> have you ever seen Squanto, A Warrior's Tale? I have. Yes. Okay. So plumb your memory. What's what's in there? Is it? You've never seen Squanto? I, no. The Disney movie, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bio. My understanding is that's a biopic of the uh, human being Squanto. Yes, sir. Of the human being Squanto. <laughs> a, uh, a person that who one, lived. That one, I am pretty sure, Stuart. You know what? It's both. It's both. Oh, I it's don't remember Mandy. Both. They are both. One of them's called like Brother Timothy, and the other one's called Brother Jeffrey or something. Interesting. 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 Hey, speaking of Jeffries, I have one more game for you. Are you ready? Yes. This one's called. <laughs> sorry, Dumb and Dahmer. Oof. I'm going to name a character, and depending on how we go along, maybe I'll give a little description, maybe the movie title, and you have to tell me if this character was brought to life by Jeff Daniels in honor of arachnophobia, Jeff Bridges, Uh or Jeff Goldblum. Okay. All right? Yes. So I have a bunch here. Let's just see how it goes. Um, I don't expect a huge hit rate, but I would love to be impressed. So you're just uh, the character name. Well, let's we'll see how we go. Let's play it. We'll be loosey goosey over here. Okay. Um, so like you know, in this movie that we just watched, Arachnophobia, did you catch Jeff Daniels' character's name? Yes. Um No, you um, didn't. You did not. Yeah, no, it's totally there. Because he goes, that when the, the old doctor's dying, he goes, get Jennings. Get Jennings. Wow, nice. Yeah, Dr. Ross Jennings. I, I would not have got Ross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you the names. So in honor of Dr. Ross Jennings, we're going to start with Dr. Names. Remember, we're playing the three Jeffs. Yes. Let's start with a gimme, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Well, come on, Goldblum. All right, see, you can do this. Yeah. How about Dr. Alex Tremor? Dr. Alex Tremor is Goldblum. No. No, damn it. Do you know the movie? No, I thought it was going to be The Fly. No, 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 no. Uh, Dr. Alex, nope, don't know it. It's from a movie called The Butcher's Wife, and it's Jeff Daniels. Gotcha. Nope, do not know that one. Okay, have you ever seen Kiss Me Goodbye? I don't think so. No, Jeff Bridges plays Dr. Rupert Baines. How about uh, Cheaters? Have you you've seen Cheaters? I don't think so, the TV show. No, 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 not Cheaters. Cheaters. I know the cheaters. You've never seen Cheaters, the TV show? Oh, I yeah. Didn't that dude get stabbed? Yeah, on TV. Jesus Christ. God bless America. 
I have not seen that movie, no. Uh, Jeff Daniels plays Dr. Gerard Plecky. <laughs> These names. Buddy, I got some names for you coming up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about K-Packs or just like throw it into a hole and pretend it doesn't exist? I only saw that movie one time in theaters and never wanted to see it again. That's the appropriate response to K-Pax, and sorry to Jeff Bridges, who plays Dr. Mark Powell. Dr. Mark Powell. Okay, let's go beyond doctors and do some other professional titles. Are you ready? Yes. Who's Officer Harry Temple? Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh, I know that. Officer Harry Temple. Fuck. I'm going to say it's Jeff Daniels. It's Jeff Daniels. Yes. He's Keanu Reeves' partner. Uh-huh, uh-huh, speed, baby. What about Father Daniel Flynn? Father Daniel Flynn. Yeah, the iconic role from Bad Times at the El Royale. Jeff Bridges. That's right. Have you seen uh, Faye Grimm? Uh-uh. It's like a... Uh, hang on, I gotta look it up because I don't want to get the filmmaker wrong. I want to say that can't be Hal Ashby. That's not right. It's uh, Hal Hartley. Hal Hartley. Thank you. Uh, one of my coworkers was just re- recommending Hal Hartley, so I'm gonna watch this movie in the near term. Watch this movie. Yeah, right. Parker Posey, baby, and somebody <laughs> as Agent Fulbright. Okay, how about? Colonel Joshua Chamberlain in Gettysburg. Daniels. Okay, how about Lieutenant Colonel Joshua Chamberlain in Gods and Generals, which is the prequel to Yes, I know. Yep, Uh, Daniels. Yeah, it is. I saw Gods and Generals in theaters, and I think that was my first movie ever that had an intermission. I had to check three times to make sure it wasn't a TV movie because Daniels also plays George Washington and like a few other founding fathers for some of those HBO TV movies. Uh, Gods and Generals is all right. It's a long one. That's a long one. I mean, if it's got an intermission, I I suppose. Mm -hmm. How about Representative George Fergus in State of Play? I like State of Play. That's the Russell Crowe one. And Leo. Yeah. No. Ben Affleck. You're thinking Body of Lies. Oh. (laughs) Shit. State of Play, right? Yeah, State of Play is the film in question currently. Yeah, it's Affleck, Crowe, and Rachel McAdams and Helen Mirren. I know I've seen that movie, but I want to watch it again for the first time which i probably will thanks to marijuana uh what was what was the name again i guess whoever it is is not on that top four build so what was the name again oh good news okay it was representative george fergus daniels it's daniels okay cool yeah it doesn't seem like a bridges movie no no, although at this point I could see him playing kind of an elder statesman. True. What about Professor Brody in Cats and Dogs? 
Remember Cats and Dogs? I do. Uh, Janine Garofalo and Uma Thurman. That's right. Uh, uh, I'm also gonna say it's gonna it's Goldblum. Damn, dude, you are killing this one. I remember it it just came into me. I remember it now. Because I I remember the movie actually, because Janine Garofalo uh, starts to uh, talk to this guy on her radio station and he wants to take her on a date, but she doesn't think he'll like the way she looks. So she gets her best friend, Uma Thurman, to pose as her. But she starts falling in love with him and he starts falling in love with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The truth about cats and dogs. No, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the same movie? Let's move on. Um, that is my memory of the Uma Thurman, Janine Garofalo picture, indeed. But can we talk about Captain Christopher Skipper Sheldon in White yeah. Squall? Oh, Bridges. I love that movie. Hi. Have never seen that movie. Oh, and, watch it. Okay, is the title like vaguely racist, or does it refer to weather? It refers to the sailing. He, it's a true story about a a teacher that takes his uh, boat crew out, uh, his sailing team out to train them, and they get caught in a white squall, and a couple of kids ended up dying from it. And yeah, damn a good movie it, it's definitely like uh, cheesy it's of like the late 80s early 90s and it feels that but it's awesome it's like early ryan felipe i think it's probably like 94 all right yeah ryan felipe seems like he belongs at a boarding school and or naval academy uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. that's not a bad one i think you would actually probably enjoy it yeah i gotta give that a go well let's put it on the uh put it on the list absolutely does the name deputy kovacs mean anything to you Yes, uh, I think, hold on, Deputy Koufax is, fuck. It's one of these guys. Give me another hint. Mm. Oh, boy. Um, It's just hard to give a hint without totally blowing this thing open. It is about a place that people stay um tell that i've been very helpful that was Um, not very helpful uh give me a year give me a year oh uh very recent like i want to say 2016 but i don't have it right in front of me but like the uh, last decade and what's the name again? Kovacs, Deputy Kovacs. What the fuck? Okay, interesting geographic trivia is that if you think about a city that's actually two cities and it's one side of the river and the other side of the river. The, the name is ringing in my head though, like. You're going to punch yourself in your ear when you hear what this is. Okay, well, if it's more recently, I'm going to try and deduct this here. Jeff Bridges has not really done anything too big within the last, what, probably five years, six years? Is that what you're saying here? He's in like a bunch of Marvel movies, but this is not one of those. 
is the guy that's in it in Marvel movies. Uh, I just figured it out. Okay. Because he is Jeff Goldblum. It is Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. It's Bram Budapest. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and he is in the Marvel universe. Yeah, he certainly is. So the last one that I have here is somebody called President Jackson Evans. I'm going to say that is definitely a Jeff Daniels role. It's Bridges in The Contender. Damn it. That's a great movie. <laughs> That's okay. a great movie. I'm curious. There, I think it's like uh, been reappraised down is kind of the consensus that I've heard. But that it I, doesn't up. Yeah, but I have not watched it Naria once. I mean, you know the plot of it, though? I assume it's about a boxer who used to work on the docks and he has a friend named Charlie, but now he's a bum. Nope. Am I not? Okay. That's, uh, that's on the waterfront. Shit. But the speech uh, about, okay. Uh, Jonah Allen plays, uh, I can't remember her position, but she's a contender to be the next vice president. And, uh, people dig up shit about her past and how she had a threesome and it's just about the shit that she's taking now because of that and is she gonna get the job Damn. it's a big cast there's a lot of people in that movie including jeff bridges including jeff bridges do you want to do one more round and we can wrap this bad boy up let's do it this round is called the definite article Ooh. so you know like the dude yeah well that's easy how about the brundlefly jeff goldblum the giver bridges the wolf king niagara the wolf king niagara this is the only voice credit i have on here i could have used others actually i'll do another one how about that i think that one's gonna go to goldblum that is goldblum what movie was that Hotel Artemis. Oh, okay. How about The Preacher? Uh, Bridges. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Damn. It's in Because Win Dixie. Daniels. That's right. And The Blue Man. Blue Man. Five people you meet in heaven. Nope. Daniels. Daniels. Oh. That's all I got for questions. I just need to point out two things, which is that in RIPD, Jeff Bridges' name is Roycephus Roy Pulsifer. And I think everybody should be aware of that. And I did not see that movie. But you've seen Terms of Endearment. Yes, I have. What is Jeff Daniels' name in terms of endearment? I cannot tell you that. <laughs> it's, is it like... Go ahead. I guess a few. <laughs> Buford. Yeah, it is like Buford. It's like Buford. It's not at all Buford. Webster. <laughs> You're so in the right vein, dude. Fuck! <laughs> Um, 
Oh man, this is fun. I like this one. <laughs> it speaks oh. to Daniel's ability to pit play like smarmy white guys <laughs> that names like Trip and Oh yeah, is it Buford Trip? Trip sounds right. It's it's like Trip. <laughs> it's like Trip. It's like Trip. Um uh trip skip <laughs> flap hair horton flap flap horton flap <laughs> listen since we're here jeff daniels has also played characters called eddie skis sisk uh, charles driggs biff baxter <laughs> Okay, here's the where it was. Denton Webb. I mean, you basically guessed both of those names. That's so who is who are writing these names? People who are communicating about his status. I mean, Biff is uh, Biff is of a time. That's of the 50s. Yeah, that's in uh radio days. So he's okay. doing a like a, a DJ thing for sure. So you get a little credit for that. But what about oh well, this is the same thing actually. He played Sig Mickelson in Good Night and Good Luck. <laughs> Man, do you have anything else about arachnophobia? I do not, sir. Spiders are fucking scary, and this movie's like a lot of fun, even if it's not tremendous. I it's pretty, pretty darn good, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>